Hello and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Sanambar and Secretary of State for the Home Department. The citation for this case is 2021 UKSC 30. And this is an immigration case that deals with some sensitive issues around violent crime and deportation. Ashkan Sanambar is an Iranian national who is now 26 years old, but arrived in the UK when he was 10 and was given indefinite leave to remain. He has not since been back to Iran. While his relationship with his father was strange due to violence on the part of his father, he has always had a good and close relationship with his mother. However, Sanambar has a history of violent offending. Between the ages of 14 and 18, he was convicted of six counts of attempted robbery, six counts of robbery, possession of an offensive weapon, and handling stolen property. He deliberately committed his crimes in affluent areas to target young posh people, and his victims were teenagers themselves between the ages of 15 and 18. In one case, a 16-year-old girl collapsed as a result of the attack, and her friends believed she was having a heart attack. In another, Sanambar held a knife to his victim's throat and threatened to kill him. After those latest convictions in 2013, the Home Secretary decided that deporting Sanambar would be for the public good. This raised a question about the right to private and family life under Article 8 of the European Convention on Human Rights, and the case was appealed to the Upper Tribunal. Nevertheless, the Upper Tribunal dismissed the appeal because they held that Sanambar had not met the threshold for resisting removal under the immigration rules, because he had not shown that there were significant obstacles to his integration in Iran. The Court of Appeal dismissed his appeal, and so the proceedings made their way to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. The justices began with a brief history of immigration law that starts with the Immigration Act 1971. Under that piece of legislation, a person who isn't British can be deported if the Secretary of State deems such a deportation to be for the public good. There had later been concerns that this power was not being used enough in relation to the perpetrators of serious criminal offences, and so the UK Borders Act 2007 was passed by Parliament, to confirm that the deportation of foreign criminals is conducive to the public good. Within this context, the immigration rules set out how, in practical terms, a balance is to be achieved between this public good and the right to respect for private and family life guaranteed under Article 8 of the Convention. These rules then sit alongside case law in this area. At the time this case was decided by the Upper Tribunal, the rules stated that in the case of a foreign criminal who had been imprisoned for less than four years, the individual should be deported unless certain exceptions apply. As we noted earlier, the exception that Sanambar sought to rely on was that there would be significant obstacles for him to overcome in terms of integrating into Iran upon his deportation. After all, he had spent most of his life in the UK, he was socially and culturally integrated here, and while he did speak Farsi with his mother, he could not read or write the language, which would obviously hinder his job prospects upon arrival. However, the law states that if the exception does not apply, then the individual should be deported unless there are compelling circumstances that mitigate against that course of action, above and beyond those outlined in the exception itself. That's what the rules say, but these sit alongside the convention right under Article 8, 
This is a proportional right, and when it comes to deportation, member states are granted a fairly wide margin of appreciation. Nevertheless, there are four key factors that the courts should consider. Firstly, the nature and seriousness of the offence. Secondly, the length of time the individual has spent in the UK. Thirdly, the time that has elapsed since the offence was committed and the conduct of the individual in the meantime. And fourthly, the social, cultural and familial ties that the individual has with the country they are supposed to be deported to. On top of all this, the 2009 case of Maslow and Austria held that where a migrant has lawfully spent a major part of their youth in a host country, then very serious reasons will be needed to justify their deportation when the criminal offences were committed while the person was still a minor. It was suggested by Sanambar that this requirement from Maslow should be considered separately, but this was rejected by the justices who noted that it should instead just be part of a holistic analysis of the case. The Supreme Court concluded that the upper tribunal did take a holistic approach and considered all of the relevant factors, so they were entitled to come to the conclusion that the appeal should be rejected and Salambar should be deported back to Iran. His rights under Article 8 of the Convention were outweighed by the public interest in the prevention of crime. I think we can start off our own analysis by saying that the crimes committed by Sanambar were pretty damn awful, and terrorising innocent members of the local population is disgusting no matter what your own personal background is. Honestly, there is part of me that would like to see him try that in Iran because the punishment would be a lot worse there than a few years in juvie. However, that is not really the question here. These proceedings are about the balancing act between the prevention of crime and the right to private and family life under Article 8. I think that the Supreme Court is right insofar as these types of cases should be treated holistically, instead of being split up. However, when we do take these factors altogether, I think that deportation is a disproportionate breach of Article 8, and the justices were wrong to uphold the decision of the upper tribunal. To show you what I mean, let's go through all four of the factors that we talked about earlier. The first was the nature and seriousness of the offence committed by Sanambar, and as I said just a moment ago, there is no doubting the heinous nature of the crimes, given the victims and the use of a weapon. However, the second question is about how long Sanambar has been in the UK, and given that he arrived in this country many years ago now, at the age of 10, he has spent the majority of his life here. This is also a good time to think about why we were asking these questions. It is not just about some anonymous calculation or formula, but rather about trying to understand how integrated Salambar is in the UK compared to how integrated he would be in Iran if he moved there. With that in mind, we can also say that he is integrated in the UK because not only has he spent most of his life here, but this is also where he has become socialised and it is the culture that he has spent his formative years as a part of. Similarly, when we ask what ties the individual has with the country to which they are to be deported, the aim is to further that understanding. Given that Sanambar has not been to Iran for 15 years, and the last time he was there he had not even started high school, it's fair to say that the ties he has are fairly weak to begin with. When you include on top of that the fact that he only speaks the language but cannot read and write it, plus there are no friends or family there for him, it is clear that he doesn't have much more of a connection to Iran than I do. 
we can therefore start to see why deporting Sanambar would be an oppressive breach of his rights. The final question is about how long ago the crimes were committed. Here it is not only relevant to consider that his crimes were nearly eight years ago, but to understand the wider picture, i.e. if we are deporting him because there is a public interest in the prevention of crime, then how much of a threat does Sanambar actually represent in 2021? I can't speak to how much he has been rehabilitated in the prison system, but I do think that it is relevant that the crimes were committed while Sanambar was still a child, and he probably deserves a second chance now that he is more mature. Overall, I think that while the state does have a wide margin of appreciation in this area, I just don't see how it is possible to justify deporting Sanambar. The UK is essentially denying him a home in what he considers to be his own country, and sending him to be a stranger in a country that he barely knows. In a week where we are celebrating the daughter of Chinese and Romanian immigrants for winning the US Open as a British woman, it is funny to think how we can claim immigrants as our own when it is convenient, but toss them out like trash when we decide that they aren't deserving of a second chance. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this episode, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Special thanks this week go out to Governor Wadhurst on Apple Podcasts, who left a very kind five-star review of the podcast. If you would like to leave a review yourself, it really does help the podcast to get noticed by other people and helps us to move up the charts. So if it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcast you're using, if there's a way to review the podcast, then I would really appreciate it if you took the time to do so. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!